RadioInfluence.com Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10-12-60 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. And welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here, the con man behind the glass, keeping us on track. And we are your weekly source for performance information. If you want to get in touch with us, crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. Questions, comments, smart remarks, let us know. Or if you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, get to us there. Uh, we have dedicated segments, even entire episodes to your ideas. So uh, let us have it. And we also answer every single message that we get. Here's what I can tell you. If we don't have the answer, we know somebody who knows the answer. And that's the glory of our beautiful performance network that we've developed over the years. And again, we're just here to help you reach your potential. And that's what the show is all about. On social media, you could follow me at Jeff Crush. And on Instagram, Facebook, and our YouTube channel, just search out Crush Performance and we're there hooking you up for sure. Well, today, a really big show. I want to get into a very important conversation to sort of set up the fall. As the summer winds down here. We have NHL hockey kicking off. The NFL is right around the corner now. Um, The summer sports are winding down. College and high school sports are starting up. It's a real important time to maybe reset a little bit and get back to the very, very basics. And I've had a lot of things going on lately that's been making me think about um, what we're trying to accomplish in terms of our sporting environments and how we go about developing our athletes. The Crush Summer Performance Tour has been fantastic. It started out at Vero Beach with Major League Baseball. It was my first step deep, deep into the softball world. It was the Elite Invitational Development Program down there. Some of the top young talents from around the U.S. came to Vero Beach. Now, it was the old historic um Dodger Town, now the Jackie Robinson Training Center, uh, a fantastic group of coaches, Jenny Finch and Jenny Topping, of course, uh, legends in, in USA softball were there leading the charge. And it was amazing to me, and it always is, it never ceases to amaze me to see what a week of great instruction and great competition can do for the development of an athlete. And that's kind of what I w- want to talk about today. We went from Vero Beach to Utrecht, Holland for the first qualifier for softball and baseball. It was the African-European qualifiers in softball, and it was fantastic. We were there with our new sport drink that's out, KP Sport. It's the first ever sports-specific formulation. Uh, we're, we're, we're coming for you. We're coming to support your performance and to help you achieve your goals. It's never been done before. We're very, very proud of it. You can check it out at kpsportwyg.com um, and get all the information on our sport drink. They're 15 years in the making. We're very, very proud of this. We're very proud to be the official performance drink of the World Baseball Softball Confederation and the Olympic qualifying tournaments. And to get feedback from the world's best athletes has been incredibly rewarding. Our pro guys have been using it. Our college guys have been using it. We built that drink for them. And to see it at the qualifiers in Utrecht was great. But anytime you can get around that level of sport performance, the Olympic qualifiers, um, it really reminds you how powerful sport really is. Watching the fans, watching the young athletes come to watch the world's best players compete for something that's incredibly important, the right to represent your country at the Olympics. 
So it was a fantastic trip to Utrecht. From there, I went to Brazil as we launched our uh, fall summer program at our MLB Academy in Brazil. From Brazil, we're here in Surrey today at the second softball qualifier for the Americas. And the competition this week has been incredible. Much like Utrecht, um, to see the athletes using the drink and being able to support their dreams of chasing down that Olympic medal uh, has been really rewarding for us personally. But more importantly, watching how these elite athletes go about their business. And again, we have three of the top five teams in the world here in the Americas uh, qualifier in Surrey, BC, softball city, an incredible facility. But we have Canada, who is ranked number three, Puerto Rico right behind them at number four, and Mexico is number five. US and Japan round up the top five. So the competition here has been great. Canada has been all powerful. Um, we have a couple more days here. We'll see how it winds down. But two teams will leave this tournament to represent their countries at the 2020 Olympics. The road to Tokyo is well underway. From here, I'm going to be going down to Vauxhall as the Crush Summer Performance Tour uh, continues Vauxhall Academy of Baseball, one of the best high school programs on the planet, in my humble opinion. Um, they're getting their fall season underway, and I'm going to go get those guys started off. And then we head to Italy for the first baseball qualifier, which is going to be great. So we continue along here. But getting exposed to all these great athletes, these great programs in baseball, softball, in hockey, in in in, in a number of different sports this summer has been rewarding. But it got me thinking about... Um, what really needs to happen in order to help athletes really achieve their potential. And again, it always comes back to our four top priorities, our crush performance top priorities, rest, recovery, and sleep. Everything has to be built around that parameter. Rest and or nutrition hydration comes in second. Posture range of motion is a critical number three because if that isn't set up, if our athletes aren't set up and functioning properly, there's very little hope they're going to reach their potential. Plus, they're more susceptible to injuries. So that's our number three. And then four, teach them to move. Because going around the world this summer, um, I'm still amazed at the lack of fundamental movement skills in our athletes. And that comes down to just providing a great environment where the focus and the purpose of the training makes sense. Not just short-term, but long-term. We have long-term goals and objectives but then we also have to have short-term goals and objectives, a step-by-step process to get us to where we want to go. And that's what today's show is going to be about. So as we uh, continue with the Crush Summer Performance Tour, we're going to continue to uh, broadcast and record live from all these incredible events. Today we're coming to you from Surrey, BC, uh, as the America's Qualifier, Softball Qualifier, is well underway. And um, it got me thinking about environment. What, what do we need to do to help our athletes achieve. Well, today I wanted to get back to one of my favorite discussions with one of my favorite performance people, Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime. And one of the things that Dr. Delaire talks about is just our attention. Where are we focusing our attention? It is a critical part of sport performance and one that I think is often overlooked. We get caught up in competition and training for our sport whether it's the skill, skill acquisition, even technical, tactical side of things, that stuff is relatively easy. But if we don't have the foundation set up, the proper solid foundation set up, you can do as many drills, you can do as many exercises as you want. I just don't think it's going to be as effective. As a matter of fact, it's not going to be as effective. But if we go in and train with purpose, purpose for the moment, purpose for the short term with the long term goals in mind, then you get a developmental process 
that can really work. And it doesn't matter if we're working to develop high-performance athletes or if we're in the developmental levels that are hopefully going to turn out people who just enjoy and love sport. Because here's one thing we know. If you get better at something, you're going to enjoy it. The, the problem I think we have with sport, we're so competition-orientated we pick the best athletes at each age group to compete. And the best athletes are typically the older athletes in, a, in an age group or the athletes who are maturing faster rather than really stepping back and trying to provide the best opportunity for everybody in an age group. And I am including our pro guys here, our pro and Olympic athletes. Every one of those athletes can get better. We just have to figure out what the priorities are right now. And what we need to do to help them, one, stay healthy, but two, perform at their very best or improve that ceiling of potential as they move forward. And it's not that hard. One of the key concepts here, however, is the attention and the focus of what we're doing. That focus and attention is critical. And one thing that I love about Dr. Jacques Delaire is his, his um, um, I guess, uh, focus and attention <laughs> for, for, for all it's worth on exactly this topic. One of the most powerful things that Dr. Dallaire does is helps his athletes, his coaches, his administrators, the businesses he consults with, get their heads around the fact that we need to be very deliberate with what we're doing. And as a coach, this is one of the most important things that we can do. Athletes only know what they know. Nobody can do it alone. And this is where coaching becomes so important. And I think if we took a step back and probably maybe focused a little less on the drills and how to do and execute a particular drill or skill, if we talked more to our athletes about what they need to be focusing on to achieve the outcome we're looking for, we'll be way more powerful, be way more helpful for the athletes in the long term because really what we want these athletes to do through the developmental process and even at the highest level is be creative be able to make decisions and to be able to problem solve for themselves. So one of the biggest parts of being a great coach is helping your athletes problem solve and make good, intelligent decisions so they can move forward. And I think this is something that, that's really missing. If, if we were to look at your last practice or your last game, what were you thinking about? What was the focus and did it really serve the purpose that you wanted it to? It's just sort of reverse engineering what we're doing. Well, you know, for the most part, I think across the board, we see that we're, we're, we're so caught up in the moment and so caught up in the skill execution that we haven't built that foundation that's going to lead to great outcomes. And the thought process is critically important. What are we thinking about in the moment? So there's this ancient saying that says, if you chase two rabbits, both will get away. And that's what this makes me think about. It is impossible to have two thoughts at one time. Just give it a try right now. Try to think of two things at once. It is literally impossible. But here's the problem. If you're bouncing back between a thought and a second thought, maybe even a third or fourth thought, and those thoughts don't work together for what you're doing right now, you're impeding your performance. We get so focused on results and outcomes. We actually maybe even get worried about results and income outcomes that it takes away from what we're trying to accomplish right now. And there are psychological factors here. There are physiological factors here. There's mental things that go on as well. But if you watch the world's top performers, 
Just think back to the last time you saw somebody just dominate in their sport. I've talked to these guys. I've been around some of these athletes. And I know for our athletes who are just really, really in the zone, they don't even know what's going on around them. They're so focused on the task at hand that a jet could fly over. Somebody could run right in front of them. They have no idea because they're so focused on what they're doing. And if we could coach that, if we could bring that into our practices and coach that even at the younger levels, man, that transfers well, well beyond sport. There's no doubt about that. So I wanted to get to this conversation today because I think it's one of the missing links in our developmental model. Listen, we know about exercise. The exercise is easy. Getting faster, getting stronger, uh, getting more powerful, more agile. That is a simple, simple process. We know all about this. As a matter of fact, we've talked about this before on this show. Uh, we're at a point where we're kind of a biological ceiling. There's not much we don't know when it comes to the physical preparation of an athlete. And that includes talent and skill acquisition as well. Of course, the individual athlete and the team athlete, there's variables there that are much, much different, but we know about this stuff. So where is the next big opportunity for pushing human performance forward? Well, it's the mind. And it's not just sports psychology. That's very important. And for athletes who need that and for people that need you know, special attention on, this, on the psychology side, um, we're getting much better at that as well. Thank goodness. But if we can get our athletes into the habit of focusing on the task at hand, controlling what they control, being mindful of what's going on in the moment. Oh boy, the sky's the limit. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So coming up after the break, we're going to get into a very, very serious conversation, a serious performance conversation with crush favorite Dr. Jacques Delaire. Stick around, everybody. There's a big one coming up right after this. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 10-12-60 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Thanks for hanging on over the break. I am Jeff Kershell. Hey, listen, if you want to get in touch with us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on social media. Check out our Instagram our Facebook, and our cool new YouTube channel. Uh, we're looking to populate that and keep you on the cutting edge of the world of performance. You can search Crush Performance for all of that. And listen, if you guys have any ideas or topics you'd like us to investigate, write to us, info at crushperformance.com. Um, we've dedicated segments, even entire episodes to your ideas, and we love them all, and we answer every single message we get. And here's what I can tell you. If we don't know the answer, we know somebody who does know the answer? And that's the magic of having this great network of experts all over the world. Speaking about all over the world, we're coming to you from Surrey, BC, the second of the softball Olympic qualifiers on the road to Tokyo here at Softball City in Surrey, BC. A fantastic tournament so far. We're into the super rounds here this weekend, and uh, we have four of the top, well, three of the top five teams in the world here, Canada, Ranking number three, Puerto Rico number four, and Mexico uh, coming in at number five. The U.S. and Japan round off the top five. And the competition has been great. Things are getting more serious as two teams will qualify to represent the Americas in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. It's been just fantastic. And again, I love getting around these environments, watching the coaching staff, the support staff, and the players executing on the field when it really counts. And Canada, of course, is showing their power here, going undefeated into the Super Rounds here. 
Uh, we'll see what happens as the next few days unfold. That being said, um, I think one of the most important things we can do when we're looking at developing our athletes is one, communication, two, creating a real positive, safe environment, but number three, working with purpose. And there's a lot of things that go into working with purpose. It's not as simple as just organizing your practice plans and exercises. It has a lot to do with what you're thinking about when you're training and when you're competing. Well, I wanted to get to this conversation, one of my favorite crush conversations as we sort of reset the summer here heading into the fall. We've got a fantastic lineup of shows, but I wanted to get back to this because I do believe this is one of the more important conversations we've ever had on Crush Performance, and it's with Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime. Listen to this. If you're a parent, coach, or athlete, some great sound advice from one of the world's top experts when it comes to human performance. Dr. Jacques Delaire, thanks for joining us today. It is my pleasure. Well, you know, we looked at your website. It's performanceprime.com. Of course, the book is Performance Thinking, and uh, you have a lot of experience helping individuals and teams achieve success. Let me ask you this. Why are some teams successful and other teams not? Is there a common theme that we might see if we were to get a inner look uh, into successful organizations and teams? I think there are common themes. I think one of the common themes that you would see in a successful team is that individual members of that team uh, generally are able to bring their best performance to bear in their own job very effectively. And if you can imagine a team where every member of the team, regardless of the position they play, brings their A game to what they do on each and every day, whether it's practice, whether it's the game itself, and they deliver their route, their performance as a top-door performance, by and large, the results that the team's looking for tend to take care of themselves in those situations. Yeah, and I guess that's an interesting concept, and that's almost common sense if you think about it. Yet it's pretty interesting, you know, if we look in sports or in business for that matter, we see some businesses that have equal opportunities and good employees, but yet they just don't seem to click or succeed. It's the same thing in sports. We see a lot of teams right now. We could take the NHL or MLB, where we have rosters that are jam-packed with talented young players, yet they don't seem to have team success. We might have a player or two that really shines and puts up numbers, but the team as a whole doesn't succeed. And that's a really interesting paradigm for me. I think one of the issues that people tend to wrestle with is they look at the individual capabilities of the various players and they say, wow, individually, these people excel. The question is, are they able to bring that kind of performance together when it's required on, on game day and deliver that performance within the context of the plays that they've got on the table and the things that the, the, the things that they have to do as a group? In the end, uh, highly successful people actually don't focus very much on results, and that is not a common trait. In fact, highly competitive people are very good at focusing on results, and sometimes that's how they shoot themselves in the foot. Well, now that is an interesting perspective. You're saying um, a lot of the times successful people don't focus on on the results per se, yet competitive people focus on the results. So what would we see in terms of a focal point for a a team or an organization who's all on the same page, working in unison? What would the focus be? I imagine, if I were to guess, it would be uh, the task at hand. You're exactly right. It's the process. Whatever the process is for their job, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the guard, whether it's a receiver, it's on executing their job to the best of their ability. 
And if everybody on the team has that kind of focus, by and large, the results look after themselves. We know this to be true from our own experience. When we're in that sweet spot, call it the zone, call it whatever you want, when we're in that groove, what are we focused on, by and large? It's not the end result of what we're doing. It's actually connecting to what we're doing in the moment that we're doing. And if we, if we focus on process, results look after themselves. The problem is, if we focus on results, if we're worried about having the result that we so desperately want, and that's what preoccupies our mind while we're engaged in the execution of whatever it is we're doing, we're not fully connected to the execution of what we're doing. The mind can only actively process one thought at a time. Rule number two. And if you're focused on the result, you can't be focused on the process. And that's the single biggest mistake that highly competitive people make. They're so results-driven, they tend to fixate on the result or the lack of result rather than the process of what they're doing. We're talking with Dr. Jacques Delaire from Performance Prime. The website is performanceprime.com. Dr. Delaire, that's interesting. You know, I wonder if we were to go look at Let's say business school, for example, and the approach that they teach at business school, you know, where it might be a monthly dividend or annual income or whatever it might be. That's a very result focused sort of orientation. If we were to look at minor league sports as well, if we see young kids coming up, regardless of the sport, the focus is on the scoreboard. I wonder if we're creating almost a dysfunctional culture as we develop young professionals in business or young athletes in sports. Well, you're, you're right. I don't know if I would necessarily refer to it as dysfunctional, but we're hurting the very people we're trying to help by causing them to sabotage themselves. I have never in 40-plus years of working with literally thousands of high-performance people, and I've, worked, I've been fortunate enough to work with people in the high-performance world, whether it's business, whether it's occupational pursuits like law enforcement or, or uh, pilots or whatever it happens to be, or any sport out there, many, many sports, stick and ball sports, unusual sports, skydiving, race car driving, and so on. And I've never had a single person come to me and say, my goal is to be a loser. I'd like to, I'd like to fail. I'm really hoping that I come in last this weekend. No, no one's ever said that. Well, it's amazing. Duh. duh, right? Yeah. Of course, no, one, no one's interested in losing. Now, there are a lot of people who don't know how to win. There are many people who don't believe they can win. And there's a group of people who are simply not willing to put in the effort and, the, and make the commitment that it takes to be a champion, to be successful. But everybody wants to win. Everybody wants results. So the real question isn't, do we share the same goal to be successful? Because I can guarantee you that on any team you choose, any team that's struggling right now out there in the marketplace, every single one of those people wants to win. They want it desperately. Rising tide lifts all boats. We're compensated on the basis of results. We're promoted on the basis of results. And we might even lose our job if the results aren't there. Right. So results are really important. So how do we create results? I'll give you a simple equation. You create results by the product of A times B. What does that mean? The A in that equation is what I bring to the party at the moment of my performance. When I'm on the line and it's go time, the knowledge, the skill, and the experience that I bring to the table at that moment, that's, it's what I've got. I can't wave a magic wand and all of a sudden have more. I have to earn it through sweat equity. I have to spend the time. I have to have the experiences and so on. Now, it's not good enough to have knowledge, skill, and experience at the high-performance level and even in developmental sport. I have to commit 
and put in the effort to bring it. Because I could be lazy, distracted, dehydrated, sleep-deprived, jet-lagged. Any number of things can get in the way of my delivering my best performance. So the A is only one of those factors. Now, let's say for argument's sake that a, that a player brings his A game, honest to God, the best performance they're capable of, to their role, are they guaranteed to get the result they want? No, not at all, no. right? No, there's too not many other all. variables, right? There's too many other variables. There's, no, no, actually, there's just one other variable. Oh. There's the B. Because remember, the performance equation reads A times B equals result. Right. So what does B represent? B represents all the factors that I can't control, uh. including what my competitors do. Is it not true? Pick any sport or any occupation out there. The results we accomplish are a product of what we bring to our performance in the moment when it's called on, influenced by the many things we can't control. It doesn't always mean that there be minuses. Sometimes it works in our favor and it's, it's a B plus. Sometimes we're the windshield instead of being the bug. In other instances, the bees are very large and they have a significant influence on the outcome. In other instances, they exist, but they're small, and their influence, their impact on the outcome is negligible. The truth of it is, results are a product of our performance influenced by the factors we can't control. And here's the kicker. If this equation is true, we need to accept that we can't control results as much as we wish we could. It's simply outside of our control. And it's outside of our control because we can't control the B factors in that equation. Right. What's the only thing in that equation we can control? I like it. Our own performance. Our own... Uh, our own performance. Yeah. And yet, how many people do you think, you know yourself from your experience, are worried about the result or thinking about what the lack of result might represent while they're engaged in the action of what they're doing, while they're engaged in the task? And if I can tell you what the numbers are, because one of the questionnaires that I do in my profiling of the clients who visit with me is to try to understand how is your central processor distributed? How is it deployed in the moment of your performance? And it doesn't matter whether I'm looking at a group of C-suite executives, a group of race car drivers, a group of high-performance uh, law enforcement or firefighters. It doesn't matter what the group is. The numbers are approximately the same. 30 to 35% of our dominant thought is directed toward the result. 10 to 12% on average, toward the fear of screwing up, fear of failing, and everything that that might represent. And only 50 to 55% of our dominant thought directed towards the only thing that is within our control. So we're almost shooting, we're almost shooting ourselves in our foot before we get going. And that's why I said sometimes the most competitive people are the ones who have the, the largest caliber gun that they shoot themselves in the foot with. Because <laughs> highly competitive people are even more results-driven. And if you're focused on results, you can't be focused on the process at the same moment in time. Oh, such great advice. This is exactly what we need to be talking about right now. Too many times we get caught up in focusing on 
the outcomes or the results rather than staying in the moment in the process. And I know for a fact that our athletes, the guys who really dominate and the the ladies that really dominate, they're so caught up in the moment that nothing else really matters. And you talk to them after the fact, they don't even realize other things were going on around them. They're just so focused on what they're doing. All right. Hey, everybody, listen, we got to cut out for a quick break here. Stick around. We've got much, much more with Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime right after this on Crush Performance. This is Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information with Jeff Crushell. Get in the action and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Crushell here, the con man behind the glass. Listen, get in touch with us. Crushperformance.com is the website. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on all other social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Check us out at Crush Performance. So we're going to continue our conversation here with Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime. And Dr. Delaire, I wanted to ask you about our environments. If we have all of our athletes and all of our people focused and operating at a high level and really, really working deliberately towards their goals, the environment they're in is a critical factor in overall performance outcomes. And I think if we were to go around and break down the successful organizations, successful franchises, even the successful individual athletes, we'd probably see common traits inside of those environments as opposed to environments or organizations that aren't as successful. You're absolutely right. And to give you a bit of insight into that, I'll share with you something that I've observed over the last 40 years. In fact, I ask my clients, you know, once I soften them up and they get comfortable, I ask them, what the heck are you doing here? What do you want out of this experience? What is it that you want to change about you that you know in the moment of your performance, when you're on the line and it's go time, why is your performance not always one of those superlative yes moment performances that sometimes we're able to manifest but not all the time? Why is it that a lot of times our performance is just average. What stops you from delivering your best performance in the moment when it's required? And I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter what culture they're from, what language they speak, how old they are, whether it's a man or woman, or what their job is, or sport. 90% or more of my clients have told me the same two things. What do you think it is, Jeff? Well, what do you think stops people in the moment of their performance from delivering the virtuosity that sometimes they're able to manifest? You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to say uh, confidence might be one of them, or You're lack thereof. On, confidence is one, and the second one I can't put my finger on the second one because my mind's going all over the place. It's uh, the most important of all. It's the holy grail. And once I tell you, you'll say, "But of course, maybe uh, maybe I'll say." Um, uh, what they're thinking about, maybe what they're concentrating on. You got it. All right, I did okay. Confidence, I passed the test. <laughs> confidence and correct focus. Because you know what people, people say, they come and visit with me often, and they say, okay, so all I have to do is focus more. And how often do you hear a coach berate his players say, you guys are not focusing, you got to focus harder. Right. You hear it all the Let time. Me ask you this. Let, I, you hear it all the time. You hear it in school. You hear it on the playground. What if the thing you're focused on is the wrong thing? How does focusing harder help? It doesn't, does it? No, it heck no. The problem works. So it's, the issue is not focusing more. It's focusing correctly. Right. And that is to say, focusing 
on what is relevant to your performance in the moment you're delivering it. And that's where execution lives. And that's why a results focus works against you. Because if you're focused on the result or the, the fear of not getting it, what are you not connecting to? What you're doing in the moment you're doing it. And you remember that distribution I talked about on the A times B equals results equation? Yes. It changes dramatically when you talk to people about their moments of brilliance, of personal brilliance, their moments of being in the zone. 90 to 95% of their attentional focus is connected to what they're doing, to execution. 0% on fear of failure and only 5 to 10% on the actual outcome. So the big shift is a shift away from worrying and, and fixating on the result and instead focusing on execution excellence, on the process of what you're doing. And the good coaches, they know that the result is going to be a consequence of how well the player executes. And so what their coaching is directed towards is the execution itself, what they need to do in the moment they need to do it. Sure, because that is hard for an athlete or or uh, uh, an employee of a business or an executive. Sometimes it's hard to, you know, when you're in the picture, sometimes it's hard to see the picture, right? So it's great to have that outside influence. And, and I would think, you know, in circumstances like this where, you know, you might be focusing in or, or concentrating on the wrong thing, that outside influence becomes all important at times. For sure. And, and you end up being distracted because people say, I need to focus correctly. Because I'm often very focused, but if I'm focused on the wrong thing, my performance tanks. Duh. Right. That's not exactly rocket science, is it? (laughs) No, it's not, if you think about it. The race car driver who's thinking about the corner he just blew as he drives into the next corner, what's more likely to occur? Yeah, and that gets scary at those mile per hours, and I guess that's a great analogy for almost everything we do. The salesman who goes into a sales call who's really worried about making a sale because of what it's going to represent to his month-end numbers, what the boss is going to say, whether he's going to be able to get his bonus to pay for the orthodontic work that he has uh, waiting for him on the, on the desk at home, um, how effective do you think he's going to be on connecting with the potential client and really delivering the value proposition? And remember, in general, people give up 45% of their attentional focus, their dominant thought, to worrying about things over which they have no direct control. Wow, scary stuff. We're talking with Dr. Jacques Delaire, the uh, founder of Performance Prime. You can check them out at performanceprime.com. Worked with hundreds of athletes. Race car driving seems to be a real big part of your business, but uh, also executives, business development, team development. You have great programs over there at Performance Prime. One of them is the individual approach, which I really appreciate here. You know, the success of the organization is really dependent on the success of the pieces inside of that, which would be the players on a team or the employees of a company. So we got to think that great leaders really have this amazing trait of making sure everybody has a clear definition of what their jobs are and what they're supposed to be doing. And I think that makes a lot of sense if we look at some of the successful sports teams we see out there and some of the great businesses who have, you know, persevered over time. They have this culture of performance and maybe this has a lot to do with it, what they allow their athletes and their employees to do, not so much what they don't allow them to do. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a, a culture of execution. And how many times do you see, unfortunately, in a business uh, environment and as well as a sport team environment, uh, if we don't accomplish our numbers, if we don't get, that, get the results that we want, we throw the individual 
who we deemed responsible under the bus. Right. The fingers start pointing, don't they? Yeah, and the reality of it is we can't control results. Now, we can optimize results. That's what we work towards. But the reality of it is we can't control results. It may, in fact, be that the individual that we throw so easily under the bus actually did a superlative job. Factors outside of their control denied them the result they were looking for. And what do you think happens to the culture of an organization? When people work their butt off, do the best job they possibly can, and through no fault of their own, a factor outside of their control derails the the results that everyone so desperately wants, and people get their heads chopped off. What do you think it does to the culture of the organization? Yeah, there's no doubt it's incredibly destructive. Sure, because every other employee sees that and says, oh my God, it's not, it doesn't matter that we're doing a good job and working hard. If we don't get that all-important number, we're gone. So what do you think they focus on more and more? Yeah, they worry about, hey, they the worry number. about, yeah, the, no, you're right. And if you're focused on the results, on the number, what are you not so effectively focused on? <laughs> Amen, the process. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Wow. And that, at the heart of it is the difference between highly effective organizations and organizations who struggle, yep. in my experience. Dr. Dillard, you know, um, it's interesting. I think this could apply to a family life as well, the way you raise your kids or the environment you bring your kids up in, and that might be a real powerful one, as well as schools and teachers at schools. There are applications across the board here. Well, it's funny that you say that. The book I'm working on now, uh, my operational title is Helping Kids Perform Mental Skills That Every Parent teacher, and coach should master. Wow, I like it. And the reason is, we don't even realize it, but the way we communicate with our kids and how we help them to understand success and failure either arms them with tools that will carry with them through the rest of their life and make them high performers, or it serves as the underlying crippling cause that has people lose confidence, lack self-esteem, and never want to take on the big challenges that life has to offer. Yeah, and again, I think that might be a self-fulfilling prophecy as well, because, you know, I I think, you know, in my experience is working with high-end athletes, the guys that have been through the trenches and really dedicated themselves, they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to take it in the chin because they know they'll adjust and bounce back. But then you have those other guys that are so afraid of failure, uh, and that might have a lot to do with the upbringing. Absolutely. They won't even try. Right. Because everything in in their upbringing was focused on results and they won't try something if there's a chance the result might not be good so they deny themselves even the opportunity to participate and how many times do we hear unfortunately parents screaming at their kids whether it's a hockey dad or a soccer mom or you know a baseball dad it doesn't matter berating them because they didn't win the game or they didn't score we hear it often all the time so what is that doing to that individual It's destroying the love of the game, and every time they step up, what is their dominant thought? A fear of failure because of the disappointment they will cause to their parents, to the team, and letting everybody down. So they become timid, and their focus is on not screwing up. And rule number three of the mental road says you can't not think about whatever is on your mind. The more we try not to think about something, what do we end up doing? Yeah, it becomes... Thinking about it more. Sure, it becomes all-consuming. So we, we picture every single way in which we could screw up. We picture it vividly because our imagination is good. 
And rule number four says your dominant thought, whatever it is, whatever you choose it to be, determines your emotions, your behaviors, and ultimately your performance. Mm. And if, if we were face-to-face, I could show you in a way you would never forget. Ah, well, I can't wait till that day happens, Dr. Dallaire. I'm telling you right now because I like the idea of that dominant thought. The dominant thought is all-consuming. So if we control that dominant thought, we have a real chance of reaching our potential or reaching our goals, whatever they may be. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think, you know, I come back to the Holy Grail. I am convinced after 40 years and literally thousands of high-performance people from many walks of life, from that experience, and I've been lucky the people I work with tend to be in the top 1% to 3% right. in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. Many of them are multiple world champions, series champions, highly successful people. Every one of them will tell me that they do their best work when they're relaxed, focused on the task, energized, and don't even think about the outcome. Right. Well, absolutely great stuff. Dr. Jacques Delaire, the uh, website is performanceprime.com. The book is Performance Thinking, and the new book on the way is Helping Kids Perform for uh, Parents, Coaches, and Teachers. I really like the sounds of that one. Dr. Delaire, in the final minute here, any closing remarks as we sort of wind this up? It's been a tremendous conversation here. Well, I appreciate that. I guess the, uh, I would leave you with this parting thought. It is a fundamental truth that we cannot do better than the best we can do. So what we have to do is we have to work at staying out of our own way and allowing ourselves to simply deliver the best we've got. And if that becomes what we focus on, we have to ultimately get to the point where we emotionally trust that whatever the result was as a result of that experience was the best that it could possibly be in that situation except for the influence of those darn B factors. And those B factors, they're the same for everybody. So that's kind of a wash almost. You know, if we're talking about competitors at that time. You know, weather affects everybody. But it's not to say we ignore the B factors. Part of preparation, part of being a professional and being a champion is preparing and putting plans in place to mitigate the more common Bs that occur in our environment. Right. So that if they do arise, we simply pull that plan off the shelf and implement We don't sit there worrying about them possibly showing up while we're in execution mode. We just execute. And if one of those B factors arises, we simply deal with it. Oh, just deal with it. I love that attitude. And I think that is the essence of development along the way, especially when we look at long-term development, working through problems, accurately defining problems, and then discovering ways and being creative to deal with the problem at hand. Great stuff, Dr. Dallaire. Listen, I got to thank you for your time today. What a fantastic conversation, everybody. We are out of time. Uh, I have to thank Dr. Dallaire one more time. I want to thank you guys for listening in. Listen, coming up in the next few weeks on Crush Performance, the fall lineup continues and the Crush Summer Tour continues. It started way back a few months ago in the start of the summer with Vauxhall Academy as we got those players ready for their summer programs. We were down to Vero Beach with Major League Baseball at the Elite Development Invitational Camp. We went from there to the first Olympic qualifier for Africa and Europe in Utrecht. We're here in Surrey right now at the second qualifier. Our next stop will be Vauxhall Academy of Baseball as we help the guys get ready for this upcoming fall season. Um, Of course, our trip to Brazil was fantastic as well as they started their fall programming. And coming up next, we will be in Italy for the first 
baseball qualifier for the 2020 Olympics as the African and American qualifier takes place in Italy, in Parma and Bologna. It's going to be a fantastic start to the baseball side of the Olympic qualifiers and Crush Performance will be there as we support the athletes with our new sports-specific drink, KP Sport. You can check it out, kpsportwyg.com. Uh, we're proud to be supporting those Olympic dreams and those athletes as they vie for a spot to represent their countries and their regions in the upcoming Olympics. All right, coming up next week, we will be live in studio once again, and we will be talking specialization in sport. We're going to be talking in the next few weeks hockey development for hockey athletes as the uh, NHL camps get underway. The NFL programs are also in College football are also getting underway. We'll be talking head injuries and concussions, some new breakthroughs there, and we've got a fantastic fall lineup. Uh, again, thanks for listening in, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. This is a place for my head. My name is Jerry P. Tuck alongside Brandon Thompson. And, you know, what we're looking to do here, this is a podcast mostly about mental health. It's, you know... I, I don't want to characterize it just as mental health. Though. It's life. Yeah, it's life all in general. It, it, it's life, you know, whether it's everyday stress, depression, anxiety, you know, mental illness, whether it's bipolar or, or you know, anything like that, uh, chronic illness, everything. We're going to talk about it all, the way it affects everyday life, um, you know, and, and the ways of the world right now. There, there are a lot of people in pain a lot of people hurting that are you know quietly fighting their their battles and their demons yep. and there's always been such a stigma on mental health and you know i know in, in light of what's going on with uh, el paso and, and, and dayton and it's ironic that that happened when it did because literally three days before that happened is when we first got together to talk about all yeah. of this yeah um you know there's such a stigma on mental health and not everybody that deals with mental health issues are going to go shoot up a Walmart or something. And, right. and that's where the stigma comes from. And it's not fair. Mm. It's not fair at all because there are millions of people out there that are looking for an outlet and looking for help and, and they just can't find it. A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and Jerry P. Tuck can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.